from Relay FM. This is the Pan Addict, episode 380. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Pen Chalet, and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you today? I'm very good. I am once again using my Retro 51 Pastel Shiba from the Pan Addict today. <laughs> We officially launched it. It's, yes. it's out. It's out there. To both you thank and you. Susan. Thank you. Yes, she's been awesome to work with, and she's been excited to like tweet it, tweet it out. Like if anyone follows her, she's been she's been tweeting it constantly. She's super thrilled with uh, how it turned out, and I Good. love that she's uh, excited as I am. And uh, we both appreciate uh, how much you enjoy the pen, and I'm using mine today as well. Actually, I've been using it for quite a while now. And uh, yeah, so the launch happened to Panatic members on Saturday. Then I posted it publicly on Monday. And Retro retweeted it, which I always appreciate. And so the sales have been going great. Um, At the end of the show today, I will be shipping again (laughs) for quite a while this afternoon. So it's going good, though. It's uh, I'm really happy with the feedback and the results so far. So love it. Um, I want some of those stickers, though. So make sure you keep a couple for me Mm. of what's left. Mm. Yeah. Did I send you any? I mean, Uh I could have... No you got way. zero stickers, huh? Zero stickers. Huh, huh, huh. Well, you, you sent okay, me lots yeah. of other stickers. You sent me the the Kickstarter stickers, mm-hmm. but I didn't get the yeah, yeah, yeah. stickers because they are so interesting. Cool. Interesting. That's. I mean, that's pretty much my level of accuracy these mm-hmm. days, right? Like, um, you know, we talk about me putting the audio files in the wrong place in our folder. Um, you know, regularly, that's a, been a recurring thing that's for me That's been a thing that you time. keep doing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this last week, I stepped it up even further. I didn't even put it in the same account. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was, uh, it was an epic failure for me. Uh, so, it's not a surprise that I left out your stickers. I just expends all of his mental energy on the show. And then I do. That's it. I, what I do sleep. is I get, I get really excited about how fast it uploads, and mm-hmm. I tend to care less about where it actually uploads to. Yeah, you just so. throw it anywhere it will go. And then mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to the pen. Uh, I will get you stickers. We have three different stickers. You're just getting random. People are just getting random stickers. Like, you know, if you order one pen, like if you order two or three pens, I'm not going to duplicate your stickers or get some some mix and match of of each of them. But, you know, that's from Susan's design. I always like to include a sticker with the pen. That's just kind of a thing I've done ever since the second version. It's nice of little freebie. The, of, yeah, yeah, a little freebie, and you know who doesn't love stickers, Mike? Crazy people. Yeah, crazy people. That's exactly right. Speaking of crazy people, that was a good segue, Mike. Yeah. Uh. Well, no. Uh. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> things happen, right? Like things. Mm. They things find happen. a way. Life finds a way. And couple, maybe a day or two after last week's episode, you sent me a message. Uh, where it was basically a person told a person told a person told you to tell me <laughs> that they could get the uh, Alice in Wonderland bung box for me if I wanted it, mm-hmm. and then it'd be hand-carried across oceans and then eventually shipped mm-hmm. to me. Yes. So I, as these things tend to go, as stuff happens, <laughs> people contact you to talk to me. I don't know how you feel about being my go-between. I, I hope you don't mind. I, maybe you enjoy zero. it. Zero. I thoroughly enjoy it. I zero percent mind. Because then Brad just basically just effectively tells me, send this amount of money to this PayPal address and eventually in this in this country's denomination. Yeah, in in (laughs) so there are two countries involved. 
It's a completely different country we're talking about <laughs> currency-wise. You just send that money to this email address, and then eventually this pen will show up at your home. And so that's where we are. So I have one on the way, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, so it wasn't quite that many degrees of Kevin Bacon I to think get it done. To me, but it was between pretty, me and it's... the person who purchased the pen in Tokyo, there are like three or four people in between. Yeah, right. three, three probably. Yeah, yeah, I guess total. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. We have wonderful listeners. We do. Um, I would like to thank everybody involved, even though I'm actually not 100 percent sure who they are. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah, just, I don't ever. Yeah, I don't think I ever told you because I don't think you've ever communicated with them. Like you wouldn't right. know necessarily who it is. But I even still, I would normally pass the name on, which I don't think I did in this case. Mm-hmm. The way these things work, the reason why I don't mind doing this is because I'll tell you, hey, Mike, I can get the thing. And your answer is always yes or always no. It's not give me a few days and we'll figure it out. It's yes, do it, or no thanks. I'm a man and who knows that what makes he my wants. life easy. You know, I know yeah, what that, I want. When I want things, I that's want why them. I don't, if I don't want them, I don't want them. The only issue this time is I'm dealing with a massive time zone discrepancy so you know messages are going we're going eight and ten and twelve hours between message between replies right just by the the way the time zone's working and things like that so um the pen has been acquired it will be handed off (laughs) that this pen is going to uh might travel more than you have this year but um it will get to you hopefully in uh the next week or two so we're uh we're working on that, but the, the the pen has been purchased. It is in hand, and it will begin its travels uh, within the next week. Okay. Are you excited? I'm excited for you, actually. I'm very excited, actually. Like, this I'm pen, vicariously excited for you. This pen will sit very highly on, I think, my best-looking uh, pro gear list, which yeah. is a very strong list, I think, at this point. Right, right. I agree with that. Yeah, it's a wonderful pen. And uh, I'm I'm excited on your behalf. Um, quick correction before we get into the uh, the hot topics this week of the show. For some reason, on last week when I was talking about Bill Gates' favorite pen, and I know completely about this pen because I used it for years and years. I called it the Pilot Elite, and I really don't know why. <laughs> it's one of those things I'm struggling with, and I didn't realize it. During the show, a lot of times I'll realize it like right after I said something that I've made a mistake or chat will chime in and say, oh, you screwed that one up. And I all of a sudden got like three emails that evening about <laughs> what I said. I was like, oh, wow, did I really do that? But it's the Uniball Deluxe. And I should know this very well because it, it is one of the gateway pins that led me down this path of, um, of the pen addict. Um, but the Uniball Deluxe in micro blue was a pen that I searched for and hunted for for years. So it was interesting to see Bill Gates using it, even though I completely butchered the brand and model number. I guess I Elite and Deluxe are like those fancy upscale names. Like they try to put on their $3 pens, you know, to make them look executive type. And uh, I just got my wires crossed on that one. I felt I felt kind of bad after I got all the email. But uh, thank you listeners for correcting me on that and shame on me whoops right i know i know 
It happens. You know, when you talk about... I think we should just blame the chat room, though, because they didn't correct you. Or I didn't see it. Like, I don't always stare at the chat room any, either, so... <laughs> Usually when you make a, a, a glaring mistake, they will continue to tell us until you correct Yes. Them. So I'm going to yes. say that this one was 100% on our chat room. Which, by the okay. way, if you ever wonder, what is the chat room? We record mm. this show live pretty much every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. There's some mm-hmm. slight changes, but... Whenever we do make changes, we tend to update them on the Relay FM calendar, which is also where you can go to listen to the show, which is relay.fm slash live. Um, or, you know, we the, the you can follow at underscore Relay FM. And whenever we do go live, the show tweets out. So you can come and join us. And we have a chat room there uh, full of many regulars and, and a bunch of one-timers as well. Like people jump in and out. Uh, you should come and hang out because it's, it's a fun way. There's always a little bit of extra before and after the show as well. So yeah, like we had a we had a little topic conversation for like two, three minutes after last week's episode. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just happens sometimes. There's one of those fun things we do that you can catch live if you want to get the show early. So, yeah. Yeah. And you do get the show a couple of hours early. Mm-hmm. All right. Today's episode is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN, a reliable way to ensure that your network data is secure without slowing your internet speed. If you ever use Wi-Fi at a hotel or shopping mall, you're sending data over an open network with no encryption. The scary thing is that making that makes it super easy for nefarious individuals to bypass Wi-Fi security and steal your information by exploiting flaws such as CRACK, all in capital letters, which stands for mm. Key Reinstallation Attack. The best way to ensure your data is encrypted and can't be read by hackers is by using ExpressVPN. Super easy. You download it. You download the app on your computer or smartphone. It works on everything. And then you can use the internet as you normally would. You just click one button in the app to secure your network data. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most reliable, and they're recommended as the number one VPN by TechRadar and CNET. They take privacy and security to the next level by using a technology that they invented called Trusted Server. This ensures that VPN servers that they run, they run on RAM, so there's no data logs ever written to a server's hard drive, even by accident. It's kind of genius. Um, mm-hmm. Like, if you know what that means, that is very clever. If you don't, yeah, yeah. just trust us that, like, it's <laughs> a very cool technology that they're doing to, yeah. to make sure that no data logs are being saved. Um, one of the things I also love about ExpressVPN is I am in Europe, and sometimes that means because of uh, privacy laws that many com- many companies don't bother observing, they just lock me out of content. Like I'll go to certain newspapers' websites, and they're like, oh, because of GDPR, you just can't read this because we were too lazy to implement this privacy standards. Right. But then I can use ExpressVPN to trick the website to make you think that I'm in America, and then I can read the article. So that's a, yeah, it's great. If you want the best in online security and privacy protection, head over to expressvpn.com slash penaddict for three extra months free of a one-year package. Protect your internet today with the VPN that I trust to keep my data safe. Go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict to get started. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and Relay FM. I am so excited about the not just the next topic, but the next like two or three topics. Like okay. I am, I am thrilled to be able to to discuss the Montegrappa Lord of the Rings pen. Mike, have you seen this pen? I've seen it this morning uh, <laughs> when I was looking through our show notes, and I'm looking at it right now. This is a this is one of those Montegrappa pens, right? Where it's like a whole thing, like a whole <laughs> big thing. But I'm gonna tell you on this one, whilst this is wild, it is not as wild as the Chaos pen, and 
I understand it. Now, I am not a Lord of the Rings fan. Like I've, mm-hmm, I've same. It's just not a thing that I've really gotten on board with. But I understand what this pen is. It's like got the Eye of Sauron on the top, and it's got lots of different like um, visual indicators of different Lord of the Rings things. Like Gollum is on the back, and the ring that goes around the cap is the ring from the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. with the inscription on it and stuff. It is bananas. It would be, I expect, horrible to have to try and write with this thing because it is 108 grams, <laughs> which is wild. Um, mm-hmm. In the uh, sterling silver version, the weight, they don't, haven't actually listed the weight on the, the uh, solid 18-carat gold version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, if this is your thing, I, I think that they've probably kind of nailed the design, but it's... Quite a thing to 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 behold. <laughs> no one can do this except Montegrappa. Yeah, they have the license that I have on this, seen. Right, like they have. Well, the, I mean, I, not, no, no, I don't mean intellectual property license. Yes, I mean they have. That's the, a completely like, different conversation. That it's I a whole have. different thing that that is like super clever that that they go about doing this, and it must be super difficult to do. But they've done it a few times now, and I think it's clever because people want this stuff. But yeah. um, they have the, like, they can do this and people will accept it from them. Right. Like, ever since our trip to Fountain Pen Hospital, where we got to hold the Chaos Pen, I've gained a newfound respect for what they're creating. Yes, you know, it doesn't matter if it's for me or not, right? I could never own this because I don't, it doesn't speak to me. But mm-hmm. when I actually saw the craftsmanship that went into the Chaos Pen, it changed my opinion mm-hmm. about it totally agree and that's what i see with this pen i just stare at this picture and laugh and smile because i just love it so much you know not for me like i would never want this pen never own this pen i'm not like you said i'm not a lord of the rings the fan or anything one. it doesn't speak to me the gold one looks amazing <laughs> like it is so astounding there's, t- <laughs> there's two models um we're mostly referring to the sterling silver model which will run you about four thousand euro um, then the 18 karat gold one, which re- is really set off by the materials, is a cool 42,000 euro. <laughs> I'm just gonna pre order this and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get right on that. My word, yeah, yeah. So there's 20 of the gold fountain pens and 20 of the gold roller balls, and then 379 of each of these silver. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of these pens, Mike. That is a ton right but doesn't dollars pens what how successful their products like this have been right i could not agree more i couldn't agree more like yeah. they keep doing this the you mentioned the intellectual property and that's what i wanted to talk about they do not play around with accessing and paying for this ip right mm-hmm. with all the things they've done in the past i mean the game of thrones right they did they Thrones did last year, and they did the same thing with a silver edition and a gold edition. And it's, you know, I can't imagine what, like, the IP cost for these types of things. And even with the Thrones, which I haven't seen them do for Lord of the Rings, and they certainly could, is do all the sub, lower entry, entry air quote, level pins, like the $300, you know, different houses in Game of Thrones, you know, had like six different entry level pens and then they had the you know the the winter is coming pen um that was relative to and they also had a iron throne pen which was also super expensive 
Yeah. And then they do other crazy like and this isn't even the only they're only like really out there stuff like, you know, I've gotten to see like the samurai pen and just some of the wild yeah. stuff that they create. They're I love seeing the freedom that a company has to play. Mm-hmm. Like clearly they have the money and the market to do this. They this is not a market that we are in, right? As mm-hmm. pen addicts generally, right? This is not our market. But I'm fascinated by it because of the consistency of Montegrappa putting these pens out and clearly doing well with them. Like they're selling these pens. There's no doubt in my mind that they're selling these pens. And I just find the whole thing fascinating to watch and be an observer of as, you know, someone who is in this hobby, you know, just observing that this thing exists and some artist sat there and created this pen and Montegrappa is going to like sell all of these pens. It's, it fascinates me. And I, I, I love everything about this pen. I, I mean, I, I can't speak highly of it enough just because it exists, Mm -hmm. even though it's ridiculous and none of us will ever own one or much less maybe never see one. um, I just find the whole thing fascinating. And I am just, I, Montegrappa has been on my radar recently and um, I don't know. It's, it's just cool to see. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that our, both of our impressions have been changed on this over time. Like, and Agreed. we have a lot more respect for it than than we did before, where previously the stuff just kind of seemed funny. And one of the yeah. things that changed my mind was getting to talk to somebody who owned one of these pens and then mm-hmm. seeing one, where I kind of realized that whilst these things aren't for me in it, by any stretch of the imagination, both in design and price and like writing experience, like you know, like none of the none, mm-hmm. it doesn't, and also like a lot of the IP that, that they capture is like not necessarily stuff that I'm interested in and all that. Mm-hmm. But it shows me that there are people interested in this hobby that have very different tastes to me, and I mm-hmm. think that that's awesome, and I want that to exist right like i want there to be people that want to buy a pen that look that has the eye of sauron on the top because (laughs) it is like it it shows something about this hobby that like it can take all kinds of people and all kinds of styles and all kinds of tastes right like i personally Mm. have no desire to own like a ton of just all black pens of gold furniture but there right. are some people where like that's that's like their perfect ideal like that's what they want yep you know and that's like yep. the complete opposite end of these types of pens it's like they want right, the most right. stripped back thing they can get and like we're going to talk about visconti in a minute right like there are people oh, that yes, think that are. those visconti pen like visconti pens in general are like the mm-hmm. most beautiful pens the ima- imaginable right mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but i don't like the clips at all sure but there are people that are like no that is incredible so this so these pens are just another example to me of the type of thing that i love about this hobby so yes and it's actually helped me like personally like realize you know you get i i'm taking them this to a, a meta conversation now of where you know, you have your taste and your opinions and that's the only way. And this is not a hobby where that really has a place because everyone has their own tastes, their own styles, their own opinions, their own needs, their own wishes. And, their and own there likes. is and more than enough space for all of it. Yep. 
Yep, and like I respect all of those things, like you know, and you take it out of being personal and just understanding that there's something out there for everyone. And you know, I just I I love seeing it. I love being part of this hobby for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Until the next topic, mm. and now I'm going to take back everything I just said. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, Mike. Um, would you like to read the product description of the Visconti Iopena Blue Fountain Pen, or would you like me to do the honors? I'm good either way. Let me read it. All right. Because I haven't yeah. read this yet. <laughs> Purposefully. Okay. So, we have the Visconti Iopena, which is Iopena, I guess. I don't know if that's an mm. actual meant to be a pun or not, but uh, Visconti <laughs> Iopena Fountain Pen. A harmonious balance of forms makes Visconti's Iopena an absolute masterpiece in the world of luxury pens. Gaetano Pesce, a famous architect and designer whose works are exhibited in some of the world's major museums, designed much more than a pen for Visconti. He created a real piece of modern art. It is a revolutionary pen in many respects, but the real innovation is its soft, flexible body and soft resin? This... What? All right, okay. Visconti Continue. and Gaetano Pesce were the first to experiment with such innovative materials in the pen market. The architect has created a sculptural pen to which people can relate. It brings to mind the softness of the body, as he himself said in a press conference. So he chose to call it Iopena, which roughly translates as iPen. I don't understand... <laughs> how those two things keep going relate in any way mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he also played with his own name by giving the pen an elegant profile that resembles a fish pesca translates to fish the and a profile of a face mm. none of that makes sense as to why they called it <laughs> what they called it none of that keep going Okay, sorry. The pen's ultra-modern concept in bright colors was designed to bring young people closer to writing. In an increasingly digital world, young people can finally have a fountain pen or rollable that keeps up with the times and with the creative experiments that are typical of modernity. The packaging is a designer resin case in which the pen bends gracefully. None of that makes any sense either. The fountain pen is a steel nib and uses standard international cartridges. Oh, so that's okay, a, you can end it. You can end it there. Yeah, that's a waste. This is, <sighs> this is stupid. This is a stupid. <laughs> you haven't seen the half of it, Mike. Click on the second link and scroll down to look at the packaging. Uh, when you get to the picture of the umbrella handle, that's not an umbrella handle. That's the pen. That's the pen in the packaging. So because that, the back half right. of this pen is like a silicone rubber. That it, I need to try and explain this to people. It's like it looks like a dip <laughs> pen, right? So it's like very yes. long, right? Mm-hmm. And it has mm-hmm. like a like a silvery uh, end to it, and then the then it's there's got like, like a this, metal grip section. Yeah, metal grip section with a stupid clip, which is the shape of a face. Scanty, what are you doing? And then it's this like long piece of plastic and a collar, which is flexible, so it can bend. So in the pa- the packaging is shaped like the letter J. So the pen bends around inside of the packaging. I would have less of a problem with this if they didn't describe it in such a stupid way. Like all of the descriptions, none of it makes any logical sense, right? Like how they got to the name that they got to. Like they tried to explain something 
which doesn't explain anything. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. What are you doing, Visconti? You're a luxury brand. So, what are you doing? To your, to your point, if Visconti said, here is our new couture pen line, I would have no problem with this, right? Like, we're experimenting. We think this is high fashion, and we're going to get this great architect and designer, and we're yeah. going to experiment, right? But that's not how they present it. They present it as... Designed to bring young people closer to writing. Designed to bring young people closer to writing. That's my biggest problem with this whole thing. It's a 280 euro pen. Yep. This isn't bringing any... No it's young how person much? I know what 280 euro. I thought this was a budget pen. It's what it looks like, right? Holy crap. Right. If this was a $40 pen, like, okay, maybe I see the young people getting into this and playing around with it and having nice. fun, having a silly pen this <laughs> i kind of want one <laughs> of course you do. they've made a pen that looks like a kid's it's pen awful. which is marketed towards young people but they sell it for 280 euro yeah that's my main problem here come on um are you are you familiar with the jinhao shark pen yeah that's what this is except it's viscontiized i mean there's <laughs> I have no positive spin on this other than like, okay, fine. I, I mean, if anyone appreciates art, I do. But the marketing and the presentation of it, they've gone a little bit too far <laughs> too far with this. Yeah, they, um, I, I would say this is an example of a company that's gone a little too high on their own supply. <laughs> right? Like they, yeah, they, I mean, they are believing in themselves more than they should at this point, right? right. Like, and they produce yeah. something that is completely out of touch. This is the difference between what we were just talking about with Montegrappa. Montegrappa yes. create crazy things, but they are in touch with a specific, the market they are going for. Right. This pen is not in, like if they are true to who they say they've made this for, they are not in touch mm-hmm. with that market. Do you know who is? Moskin. Right. They are in touch with that market. They are right. creating products for digitally minded young people, Right. Because they make, right. they do. They also do IP deals that people are interested in. They create stuff that looks nice, and then they're pushing smart technology forward, right? That is yeah. a brand that understands what young people, digitally minded young people, want out of writing experiences, and are trying to bring digitally minded young people back into the fold, right? This pen is not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um you have angered uh, me, yeah, like I said, for the last time. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised you're this agitated about it because I just laughed and I thought it was ridiculous. Um, the the words that were written about this pen, um, it does not add up to what they're trying to do here. And like I said, like all you have to do is you put this in the couture lineup, which you know for for those who are not familiar with that term, it's basically like experimental art. It's like a fashion term. Um, you know, like one-offs and like singular items that don't make any sense, but like they're the future of products, right? You know, 10 years down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, that's if, if, if that's how this pen was classified and spoken about, it might not even be on the show mm-hmm. because I feel that would be accurate. Like, I don't feel what they're doing is, is accurate with what they're trying to present here. <laughs> and yet I still kind of want one because it's so ridiculous. It, it would be just a waste of money. Like it's a steel nib and like it's a like basically 
it's basically like something you would buy like at a county fair, like the floppy pin, like where you like shake it around and like this rubber thing's flapping on the back of it. It's like asinine. I, I I'm I'm sorry, Visconti. Like I I enjoy what you make, but this is just. This is too strange, even for me. It's saying it, son. A, uh, lover of the strange. That it's ain't it, son. It's so saying it. I was excited. I was pretty excited to talk about this on the show because <laughs> I, I didn't know what you would think. I'm pleased that I didn't read the whole thing. And <laughs> it was good that I left the original link out and made uh, it made you have to edit the show. Mm-hmm. You, now you've ruined that. <laughs> you've ruined the fact that I edited That's... it up so cleanly that nobody would ever know. That there was a mistake. I mean, how? what do you expect from me? That's true. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Penn Chalet. We can get good stuff there. Not this crazy stuff. You get good stuff. Dude, I got good stuff from them last week. The or best two weeks stuff. Ago. Authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils. So much more. They also they don't just sell the writing implements. They sell the things that you need, the accoutrement, the peripherals, as some may say, mm. uh, like mm. carrying cases and pen holders and refills and ink and converters and so much more. They have all of their favorite brands and they're adding new styles of pen every single month. Pen Chalet believe in the fastest and most reliable customer service that they can give, and that's what they strive to do. And they put everything behind their 100% satisfaction guarantee. They want you to be happy with your purchase. And they want to get it to you as quickly and as cheaply as possible. They have free shipping on orders of over $50 in the U.S. And great shipping rates for international orders as well. So go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. And there's a link at the top of the website that says podcast. Hit that and enter the password pen addict. This is where you will get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at Penchalet anytime. And also to see this week's special offer, which is a super secret deal that you must go <laughs> to the website to see. Ron's told me I cannot talk about what it is or the price. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. I appreciate that, Ron. And um, since we can't talk about this week's, I did make my own, uh, use my own Pen Addict 10 coupon last week or two weeks ago on the show to buy the Monte Grappa, Monte Grappa fountain pen, which I gave away to Pen Addict members this past weekend. So mm. I uh, took advantage of the hot, fresh deals at penchalet.com. So there are some great deals. You can go get them yourself by going to penchalet.com, clicking the podcast link at the top of the website and using the password penaddict. Our thanks to Penchalet for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. So we had three new releases that I wanted to talk about. We've covered the first one, which was the Montegrappa, Lord of the Rings, two thumbs up. We've covered the Visconti Iopena. No thumbs up. Fountain pen, no thumbs up. And now we're going to hit the Platinum 3776 Carnelian, which I honestly think, not to just spoil everything, is, you know, maybe one thumb up. Like, there's this is like kind of right in the middle of those things. I have a lot of questions and concerns and uh, wonderings about this pen. So, what do you think about this pen and the uh, reason for it existing? Pen, boring. Uh, <laughs> it's a red demonstrator 3776. It looks like it, it maybe have has sparkles. a little sparkle in it, but it's hard to see from the images. But it's, you know, it's there, but it hasn't got... I like the 3776s that had textures on the body because that was different, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the nice line, the nice line. It is a US exclusive, which is interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Because is that normal? No, this is a new thing. So that is interesting to me. Is like, are we setting a mm-hmm. precedent here for more variation in mm-hmm. this line? Me and Adina were just talking about the difference between Sailor and Platinum over dinner yesterday, because that's who we are now. And mm-hmm. we were we were <laughs> we were talking about kind of the the differences. And I was saying, you know, because she listened to the episode where we were talking about that. We spoke about it a bit. And like the thing about Sailor is there's so many pens you can really find something what you that you that you're interested in. You can really find something that you like because there's so many different styles. But the problem with this one and with platinum in general is they don't really do enough of that. Um and that mm-hmm. you that, that what they have in their more reasonably priced line, which is 3776, a lot of the time it's like you can maybe find one that you like more than others, but the ability to find one that really speaks to you, like you can if you go hunting for pro gears, it's a very different it's a very different experience. But if they're starting to do country exclusive colours, that could start to increase the creativity, would be the hope. I'm a little bit surprised that this is actually going to be a no thumbs up from both of us. <clears throat> I I agree with pretty much everything you said. In general, this is not a special pen. And when you're going to use this price point of $240 as opposed to their standard price point, which is what, like 160 for the 3776, something like that. Let me just double check real quick. Yeah. Like 160, 170. Um, it better be special. Mm-hmm. And this one's not. Mm-hmm. This one, it's just not. I think it's a mistake. Even though on the surface, it's a pretty pen. Like, it's a pen I would like to use. Mike, it's a pen I already have in the Platinum Shungyo. And it's the Shungyo's better, right? It's red with the etchings on it, right? This has yes some barrel sparkles, which... They must have had a panic attack when Platinum when Pelican released the Star Ruby because it's kind of the same idea, the same but pen, miles better and cheaper. Yeah, and not as I don't think it's as high a percentage increase in price for the limited edition of that pen versus the standard model. And I think that's where the mistake comes in. This should be a standard lineup 3776. But I feel like this is a money grab. Uh, to me is what this looks like to platinum i don't think it's special enough to justify the upgraded price point which i've paid the upgraded price point for several of these pens i don't think this is one of them i think the color looks great it probably looks really good in person but you're asking me to pay an upgraded price for a pretty much standard offering and just telling me that, hey, it's a U.S. exclusive and like it's a new color, even though it's, I guess it is. I mean, technically, yeah. So I, I'm not as thrilled. I'm not thrilled with what Platinum has done here. But we'll see. We'll see what happens after this. Um, it'll do well. Like there's no doubt that it's a great pen and it's great looking. I just think the story it's trying to tell is not adding up to me in this particular instance. So we'll see. Um, You mentioned that Visconti was drinking their own Kool-Aid a little bit earlier, and I think that's a case of platinum right here, right now with the Carnelian. So we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, 
I am anxious to see it in person. I bet it looks really good. Um, I just don't have any interest in it. And I'm more interested in a year or two from now to see what they can do to make that price point more interesting than their base level pens. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Oh, boy. I... This was a good week for new products. Um, we're normally not like the always new product show. I mean, I guess we do a lot of it. It's kind of what we talk about, the new hot stuff. But there were some good things to discuss. And I have a couple other things I want to just drop in here, little tidbits, not at the level of these last three pins that we talked. But I did a stream on Tuesday on Twitch, which um, that's been going really good. Y'all should, y'all should come hang out on the stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, twitch.tv slash panatic hashtag plug um i yeah the audience is is growing ever so slightly and i'm really enjoying and appreciating everyone show up so yesterday i did an unboxing i got it uh my october goods from jet pens and i just i basically shop from a list before i see the stuff online like an email list and so some of the things i get i don't really know what I'm getting. So I tried this ink called Kala Nostalgia Abstraction Ink. So in general, like with all the inks out there, like that, just seeing that name, that's like a turnoff. It's like, what is this? What are you doing here? It's like, okay, like I'll try one, you know, and you know, just for research purposes. Right. Um, so I look at the ink colors, I do a search and I was like, man, all these, ink, these colors are kind of dull and boring. There's not much to them. So I went with the one called Spring Rain, which is kind of a, it's a gray um, as maybe spring. That's the color of Spring Rain, Mike. I don't know. You can confirm or deny that wouldn't, rumor. Wouldn't um, yeah, wouldn't know. Um, and then I opened it up and threw it on the page. I, I At the time, I just had like a my pocket knife. So I dipped my knife in there and spread it on the page. I was like, oh, this is a really great gray. It's like a graphite, nice gray. Gray inks are hard to get right. So I was like, oh, this is really pretty. And then the, the chat mentioned that, hey, these inks are pigmented, which means it should be waterproof. And I was like, oh, really? So I had my bottle of water there and I reached in, <laughs> I stuck my hands in my water bottle and like splashed ink onto this page where I'd written this ink and it didn't budge. Like hmm. there was no smearing, no bleeding, no nothing. So... Long story short, I didn't realize I was ordering a pigmented ink. And as it turns out, it does its job very, very well, which was a pleasant surprise to me, right? Those are the things that surprise me and I appreciate out of products when I was expecting one thing, but, you know, maybe because I didn't fully read the product description. And it turns out to be this really really good at its job right so you're not going to look at these inks and go boy look at these colors i need all of them but if you're looking for a pigmented ink and you know something that has waterproofness this is going to be like a pretty cool ink for that and you'll probably hear me recommending it a bunch as soon as i get to test more now i'm wishing i would have ordered like one or two more colors just to play around with but i was surprised um because i normally don't care whether an ink's waterproof or not um, it's just not one of those things I have to have. But when I saw how this one worked, I was thoroughly impressed. So more testing to be done, see how it handles pens and nibs and things like that. But um, I like being surprised by products, and this was one of them. The second one 
is kind of my Alice in Wonderland, but at a very different price point. <laughs> I have talked many times about the Field Notes Wilco mm-hmm. set of memo books. And I said, you know, if I ever have the chance to get one, I'll get one. But I'm really, I, I want them badly, but I have too many notebooks. You know, when this was at the time when the National Parks Edition came out. And I was just like, that was overload. I didn't need to buy six more. Well, turns out they're going out to retailers and JetPens had them. So, of course, I got them now. And I think I'm just going to make a little project out of these. So we'll have more on that later when I'm kind of discussing it and figuring out what I'm going to do with it. But it's one of those products where it's like I tried not to buy, not to buy, not to buy. And then I had an easy opportunity um, to get them without necessarily paying for them as part of my JetSpin sponsorship on the blog. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll have those now. Thank you. So (laughs) I I now own the Field Field Notes Wilco box set, which I love and I will be using. I will not be stashing this box like for safekeeping or something silly like that. Like I'm going to use these these notebooks or else I would not have bought them. Yeah, these are these are a, a set for you, I think. Yeah, it's a cool project. Um, it's something that like checks all my boxes, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of a thing. But it's like I, I knew at the time that they came out, I just could I could not justify owning them. Right. And uh, now that, well, I didn't have to pay for this set necessarily, but I'm not going to, I'm still not going to take it if I'm not going to use it. Right. Yeah. Right. I still have to commit to using it no matter what. So um, I have an idea for a project for the entire set of books. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Okay. Should we do some hashtag OSTPA for the end of this show? Yeah, we'll wrap it up. We got a bunch of email versions of Ask TPA for this episode. So yeah, let's do that. First one comes from Richard. I'm hoping submitting this Ask TPA in the right place. You sure did, Richard, because it's on the show. I absolutely <laughs> love the podcast and your blog. And Brad, you have helped me journey deeper into my burgeoning fountain pen addiction than I ever thought. I have just picked up a Pilot Metropolitan with a CM nib. What is a CM nib? It's it's their stub. They pilot does a 0.9 millimeter stub, and they call it. I think it's. Do it might be cursive medium. I don't know the exact um, terminology for their CM, but I believe it's a 0.9 um, stub, like a cursive italic type of nib. Uh, it's the blue one filled with Noodler's Navajo Blue. My world has changed immeasurably for the better. My question is about Onoto fountain pens. I'd never heard of them, but my dad introduced me after hearing about their Spitfire pen made from salvaged metal from a real World War II fighter. That's kind of cool. Put a link in mm-hmm. the show notes. The story and design of this pen fits all of the criteria of a Grail pen for me, with the price to match. How much is it? Okay, it's like oh, seventeen hundred pounds. It's- it's expensive it's <laughs> yeah. an expensive pen okay uh but i have heard so little about anoto pens and i can't see a way to try one before i order from them as it's such a big purchase i'm wondering if you or any of the pen addict community have experience with modern anotos is o-n-o-t-o-s and can share their feedback mm-hmm. with me thank you for producing such great content and welcoming so many of us into this awesome hobby this is a not only a good specific question but mm-hmm. a broader question about mm-hmm. buying pens from companies you've mm-hmm. never heard of before for large it's amounts totally of money. It's totally a brilliant question, right? Let me say like, as well, this is a freaking awesome pen. <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> amazing. And the story, mm-hmm. genius. These are awesome. Yeah. 
So let's let's break down this question here. So Richard is new and he's got the pilot metro and he he's loving it so far. And we're just gonna I'm gonna talk about Anoto in in depth, but we're going from you know the twenty euro pen and or pound pen and to a sixteen hundred pound pen. You know, in conversation, saying, "Boy, you know, what do you think about this?" And I think, just in general, just like slow, go go a little slow, slow that down a little bit, just because. Even though this might be the Grail pen and it might, you know, not be available, I think that's that's a jump I'm not comfortable with mm-hmm. <laughs> for many reasons. That said, okay, so that's one little bit of the conversation. The question about Anoto in general, they are a great pen company. So there's no problem with Anoto whatsoever. I think they're fantastic. I do not own one. It is on my very short list of pens to buy. The reason why I haven't bought one is because of the price point is a little bit off for me in like their their what let's call it their entry level gold nib fountain pen. It's around four hundred ish dollars. I'm not looking at this so don't totally quote me on this, but let's just go with that. And the way those pens are built, they're stunning looking. They're really cool, classic, like acrylic. They have like this crosshatch pattern on some of them. Like there's one of them that's orange. Of course, it speaks to me, but even like the black ones are really good and they can have silver trim and they're really pretty. They're made in the UK and I just find them a stunning, stunning pen. They're really good quality. They're good craftsmanship. But what I can't get, couldn't get past with like the base level gold nib pen was they're very light. And if I'm going to spend X amount of dollars, like there's a feeling of substantialness I want yeah, when the pen is, is, is in important. my hand. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, some pens are able to mitigate that by doing things like adding a brass sleeve in the barrel. Like this is not a piston filling pen, though. The Notos I'm talking about, they now have a piston filler, but that's a different story. Um there has to be, it basically felt like a $400 Pilot Prera. And I wasn't comfortable with spending my money and having that thought in my head. Despite the fact that it's good looking, it's well made, it's a respected company, it's a nice, there's like nothing wrong with any of it. I just felt they were a little overpriced for what they were. That doesn't necessarily mean that matriculates through their entire product line but when you look at something like the spitfire it's probably it's probably more of an accurately priced pen at that price than their 400 dollars pen because of you know what this is and the the type of craftsmanship and the limitedness and the story of it is it's still a lot of money it's a lot of money i'd be uncomfortable like going from a pilot metropolitan to a 1700 dollars um, Anoto, um, without having at least to a chance to try other like expensive fountain pens out. This is an all metal barrel. The Metropolitan's, you know, a brass barrel. It's got some weight to it, but I don't know what this feels like. You know, there could be, I don't know what the balance is like. Like I would have a hard time buying this pen sight unseen without at least holding it in my hand to see what the, the writing feel is like. That's a big i think this is too much of a risk for richard to take in my opinion 
but uh, that's that's my roundabout Onodo conversation. But I just uh, it's a really good question, and there's no perfect answer. But that's kind of my feelings on it. I mean, I I have no experience with this pen brand, but from saying mm-hmm. what you've said, I can't disagree with you. Yeah. Like I will, I like probably next year I'll probably break down and buy an Anoto once I fa- find one that's like for me and I feel good with about, about the price. So like they just, um, our friend Anthony at UK Fountain Pens blogger, he just he gets a lot of Anotos to review, and they just recently introduced a piston filling option for their pens, but they're charging two. It's a two hundred fifty dollar upgrade for piston filling. Like their pricing is is a little you know it's a little plus for me like it just doesn't it's not quite adding up in my mental math of what i expect to pay for a pen that feels feels the way that it does so mm. we'll see I, but they're they're a really good company like people who buy anotos love their anotos and like i wouldn't turn anyone off from buying an anoto they're a, a good quality brand hmm. speaking of good quality brands mike love it so cool. Look at you with the perfect segues. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Harry's. Look, we've been shaving for thousands of years, right, as, as human beings. And the secret to a great shave hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on the quality that actually matter for a close, comfortable shave, and they never upcharge you. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality durable blades at a fair price, just two dollars per blade to keep prices low they cut out the middleman manufacturing blades in their german factory that's been honing precision blades for a century which means you get incredibly high blade incredibly high quality blades i should say at factory direct prices harry's is super convenient their blade refills are delivered directly to your door or in your schedule with or without a subscription and there's no risk to you for trying them out if you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund harry's uh, harry's uh, a product that i know brad is a big fan of so brad why don't you tell me something about it mike <laughs> i did something okay i had to I had to upgrade my blade purchase based on my now uh, ever-increasing household usage to the 16-blade order for Harry's Blades. Um, I, I'm all in. It's such a good deal, but I finally had to, like, I've been holding off, like, for a while. I was like, yeah, four-blade replacements, and then, oh, yeah, those are going fast, and, you know... Um, you know, my, my wife and daughter love love the blades as well and the cool handles, and then the blades start disappearing at a faster rate, and so I ramped it up to the eight blades, and um, just like two weeks ago, I went to replace my blade, which I don't have to do very often because they're such good blades, and there were no blades left. And so I ramped it up and ordered the 16-blade pack on this last version, and I think I'm going to have to hide them from my daughter um, <laughs> and dole them out dole them out accordingly because they just tend to vanish but uh it's because they're that good you can try them out for yourself right now because you listen to the show you can go to our url which is harrys.com slash pen addict and get yourself at the harry's trial set 
It includes a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for close shaves, rich lathering shave jar with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to use on the go. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now to start shaving better today. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, you want me to read this next one? Go for it. This is from Maxwell. Hi. I was wondering if you could recommend a good pocket journal for me. I'm an aspiring author, and I like to handwrite my first drafts in tiny notebooks and journals with fine nib platinum and pilot fountain pens. I have a couple of small notebooks and journals that I don't know the brand of, but have worked fine with my fountain pens. The problem is that I've written in all of them, and I'm starting a new project. Journals with pretty covers and magnet closures appeal to me. My local Barnes & Noble used to have a rotating display of them when I was in high school four years ago, but when I had the money to buy some, they no longer had them. This past January, after listening to the Pen Attic podcast for half a year, I got a Leuchtturm 1917 bullet journal and fell in love with the dot grid. So I'd probably prefer a plain-looking dot grid journal to a pretty-looking line journal. My handwriting is fairly small and light, so I've not had any issue using fountain pens in any notebook or journal except for my one attempt at using one in a field notes. Suck it, Mike. That that wasn't really written in there, but I, I put that in there. I don't know what it's like. It's not the same matter to me. <laughs> Um, so the paper doesn't really matter to me. I have a large collection of those pretty cover notebooks they sell at back to school time that I occasionally use and haven't had any bleed using fountain pens in them except when I accidentally shook my pen too hard and it spit a bunch of ink on my page. Sorry if this was really rambly. It was not. It is exactly 100% up our alley here at the Pen Attic Podcast. And all I can think about in when you're looking for a pocket notebook that you're going to use your fountain pens in is I'm going to grab a write notepads book. I love those books. They handle fountain pens well. You can get them in dot grid. And they're very sturdy. Like if you're an aspiring author and you're writing a lot, they're very durable. They're going to handle, you know, back pockets or bags or backpacks, backpacks or purses or anything like that. And um, they're going to hold up well. Um, Leuch term, if you do like that, they make the hard cover. They don't make a soft cover small book, they make, but they make the uh, hard cover small um, books, like three and a half by five and a half. Um, I tend not to use those. They tend to be too thick to write well with that hard cover, but they do make a little bit larger soft cover one. It's not really a pocket size notebook, but it's closer to an A5. Um, and they make some A6 size uh, soft cover pocket notebooks that you can get, not pocket notebook, excuse me, but just soft cover dot grid notebooks that will at least fit in like in a bag or a backpack and they're not really, really huge. But if you're looking for like a strictly field note style pocket notebook to use with fountain pens, I always choose uh, write notepads. This next question comes from Mariska, who says, I must admit, I used to follow the show uh, last year, but I unfollowed because I found most of the podcast discussion way over my head. Maybe my experience was not advanced enough to benefit from the pen addict. But then enter Adina, who was a founding pen newbie, but no more, and suddenly I found the podcast relevant again. So Mariska, thanks, Adina, because the pen show appearances were super useful. Uh, Mariska is now a a resubscribed to the show, so hello, and a follower of uh, Instagrams, which is lovely. Uh, and Mariska goes on with a question, but thank you for that. It's very nice. I, I like to hear that very much. Yes, that's great. I love it. Uh, so Mariska says, I own mostly steel nibs like the Pilot, Capless Steel Nib, and Kakuno, Lamy Safari, Cafe Copacchio, and would like to branch out to gold nib fountain pens. In particular, I was researching the very same Sailor fountain pen that Adina bought, the White Rose Gold Pro Gear. 
um, as my net. Like, is this going to be discontinued? I don't know if it was ever if it was ever a uh, standard line. I don't mm-hmm. know, honestly. It's difficult to tell with sailors sometimes. Um, <laughs> then uh, Adina purchased the Platinum Celluloid and preferred that one over the Sailor. Then again, on the most recent episode, you both talked about how much you prefer Platinum Nibs to Sailor Nibs. My first question, what was exactly the problem of Adina's Sailor Nib that needs reworking and could it perhaps be because of feedback? Would you both still steer me away from the Sailor towards Platinum? If so, Why? I like to write small, Japanese fine medium nibs, not as thin as Brad's maybe. I enjoy both smooth nibs and nibs with feedback, uh, like in the Kuveco Perkyo. Um So let me just address this quickly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't actually think there wasn't anything wrong, particularly with Adina's nib. It was tuned to somebody else's handwriting before mm-hmm. she received it. It, the, the, it had some work done on it. Yeah, which there was no problem. technical or physical problem with the nib. Yeah, and right, also necessarily. Plus, yeah. it was fine. Yeah, exactly. And again, she, she's not really a fine nib person. So, like, there was just it just wasn't the right nib for her. And I also just wanted to maybe restate, like, I really love platinum nibs. I also really love sailor nibs. I don't think platinum yep. nibs are always better than sailor nibs, and I think that they're pretty on par most of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you sometimes a very good platinum nib can be better than a very good sailor nib, I wouldn't steer you away from a particular pen. A, a, like a t- particular sailor because platinums exist if you like a completely if you like a sailor then go for it because you will have a great experience but just be aware that like you probably want to start off of a stock nib and that was not what we were able to do because we couldn't find that pen uh anywhere so second question from mariska how do you clean piston filled fountain pens like mont blancs i can't seem to get them clean enough for storage yet many warn me to clean it thoroughly to keep the piston in perfect working condition so I'll take the second part first because it's pretty easy. You just have to work through it. <laughs> you just have to continually fill and expel water from the piston filler until it runs clear. You know, sometimes you fill it halfway up and shake it vigorously and then expel the water, bring it, suck the water back up in again and just go. I mean, it might take you 20 times, honestly, to get it. Uh, completely clean now if you're using an older pen you may want to fill it with water inside the piston and let it soak for a little bit just in case something has crudded up in there like you're saying if the mont block was from the 70s or 80s you know it's okay to fill that piston with water let it sit overnight and then expel it the next day and see if it runs clear so you're just wanting it to run clear and it's not it's going to take more than like three or four times it might take 10 or 15 or sometimes more so you just have to stick with it some pins i'm not totally familiar with mont blanc and their nib how they can if they can come out easily some are easier to clean like pelicans where you can remove the nib unit and it's easier to clean get more water flushed up in there but it's just a matter of continually filling the piston with water until it runs clean and let it soak overnight if you have to. On the first question about Platinum versus Sailor, uh, I agree with pretty much everything Mike said. It's not a like or dislike of either. Um, it's just, a, it's basically, you know, the answer to that question was if those were your only two choices in the world, what would you pick kind of thing? It's like one's, you know, a nine and one's a 9.1 out of 10, right? They're both like virtually identical. They do just feel different. 
So some people do have a preference on feel. Platinums have more feedback to me than Sailor nibs. Sailor nibs are firmer than Platinum nibs. So it depends on how you write what you enjoy. I clearly enjoy them both. I think Sailor is one of the few medium nibs that I enjoy writing with because it's kind of the right size from a stock perspective. But I do prefer um, kind of the finer platinums more than the finer sailors it tends to be but you know that's that's really picking nits at this point they're both excellent and uh next question i think final question for this episode comes from chris i have a strange question for you well we'll find out about that chris we'll find out mm-hmm. about that i'm planning on setting off on a several years long project i want to hand write my own bible but i need help I am wondering what paper and ink I should use. I would like a paper which I can write on both sides of the page. It will allow time for the ink to dry before I flip it. I would also like this paper not to be too thick, as the Bible has many words in it, and I don't want a coffee table book, but one which I theoretically could carry around with me. I'm thinking it should be either A4 or A5 size, but will need to make some practice pages before I decide for good. I would like to get it professionally bound after it's completed, so perhaps an A4 would give them extra room to work with. Second question, what ink should I use? I would like an ink with archival properties. It should be black or blue-black or brown-black, and since this project will take a few years or longer to complete, perhaps an ink that will be around for long, unless you think I should probably buy two or three (laughs) bottles when I start. Anyway, I know this isn't your normal wheelhouse, but perhaps you could help me get started because I don't know where to begin. Yeah, it's kind of our wheelhouse, right? I feel like these are the questions you would ask, and we've had a similar question multiple times before. And I think the paper answer, just the paper answer, is pretty clear, right? I mean, Tomoe River paper is practically Bible thickness paper for what people traditionally think of a Bible yep. thickness paper, With right? With quality like, and all that nonsense, right? Like, you know. Yeah, it's going to handle your fountain pens. You can write on both sides, even though there will be some um, ghosting, as in you'll be able to see the letters. Like, it won't bleed through, it won't feather, but you're going to be able to see the back page of the handwriting just because of the thinness of the paper. The real question is what notebook would this be? And you can get loose sheets of Tomoe River if you want to go that route in A5 or A4 size. If you wanted loose sheets, but it doesn't, it's in binding and afterwards makes me sound, makes me think loose sheets are a good option, but you also want to carry it around you with should you, do. which I, I, think I think loose sheets makes it harder. Well, I think loose sheets in some kind of folder or binder because mm-hmm. what if you don't have enough pages in a notebook? Yeah, that's the kicker, right? We're never going to get, no matter the size of the notebook we recommend to you, like something like the Crossfield from Nanami or the Hippo Noto, which is has even more pages. It is pretty much Bible thickness. It's like 500 something pages. You're still not going to be able to copy as much as you think on those pages, the way most Bibles are written in, in columns. Uh, and the, the amount of words on a singular page is going to take you multiple notebooks. And if you're looking for multiple notebooks, that's fine. But that's probably what it's going to take. So maybe it's loose sheets and some type of folio pad. Um, it's a lot easier to get Tomoe River and loose sheets in A4 size than getting a bound A4 size Tomoe notebook, even though you can find pads and things like that. A5 is pretty common to find for Tomoe River. There's lots of brands, like I said, the Crossfield, the Hippo Noto. I know Elemental Paper has made one, uh, which is pretty cool. So, 
you know, there are options out there um, for Tomoe River paper, but I think that's the biggest answer is using that Tomoe River paper because you're going to be able to get a lot of pages in a singular book. That's going to be the best from like a thickness and performance perspective. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, that's an interesting, uh, seems like a big, that's a yeah, big job. We, I get this question probably like twice a year. Really? Uh, for the past few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's either um, I'm going to rewrite, I'm going to handwrite the Bible, or I need to notate in my Bible what pen to use. Those are the two right. very, very common questions I get. And uh, the, just to answer the pen notation question that no one asked in this episode, the Uniball Jetstream .38 is an awesome, awesome notation in book pen. So... I, gotta lie, I was a little bit confused at the start of the question and thought that Chris was writing <laughs> their own Bible, uh, <laughs> right? Like the Bible according to Chris. It's like, yeah, I don't know how to an, answer this question. A, yeah, that'd be a different story. That's a very different thing. All right, that's mm-hmm. it for this episode. Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. Thank you to those of you who sent in a hashtag AskTPA question. Uh, we'll be back next time. We're going to be doing horror stories on our next episode, which I'm very excited Woo! about. I always enjoy those. Thanks to ExpressVPN, Penchalet, and Harry's for their support. You can find Brad online. He is penaddict on Instagram. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Brad is also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash penaddict, and you go to penaddict.com for Brad's work there as well. Uh, we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.